1: Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to
0: Car Stuff. I'm Benjamin. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin, and today, Scott,
1: we're going to talk about something that you brought up. Oh, yeah, I love this. You you sure do. I really do. This was also a listener suggestion, though, uh, which I, we were, I was glad to read this because, um, you know, this is something that I've been interested in a long time. It's the classic mini. And uh, we had a simple email, real short, you know, one-liner, which uh, gets, you know, I get some attention, I guess, <laughs> You know, the simpler ones are easier, I guess, to read, but, uh, Car Stuff, would it be possible to have a podcast on the classic original Mini, which, which is from 1959 to 2000 sometime?
0: <laughs> now, now, let's not, let's not,
1: uh, forget, did, did they leave a name? James. James. James from Bristol, the United Kingdom. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, clearly there's an interest there. I can imagine why. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's also one of my favorite topics, too, because, um, I love the Mini. I, I had I, I tell you I grew up most of my life never seeing a mini until it must have been the early 1990s. Really? Yeah, the early 1990s, and I saw one on a Sunday morning. I, I clearly remember this because it stuck out my head so much. I saw an orange mini when I was filling up my car with gas one morning, early Sunday morning. Okay. Drove past. I, I couldn't tear my eyes away from it. You know, I drove by and I, I had never seen anything like this and. I don't know why. I just had never seen one before. I'd never paid attention to one. Not on television or in a no, m- movie, no. maybe? No. No. I'm not a Mr. Bean fan, really, and I would, <laughs> otherwise I would have seen one at this point. Um, but really, I, I just had not seen one. And uh, <laughs> this sounds so creepy, Ben. I, follow, right. I followed the lady. It was a lady, an older lady. I got in my car, I said, what is that? I gotta find out where it's going. And I figured, you know, Sunday morning early, it might be going to a show or something, a local show. Yeah. So I got in my car, you know, finished up the gas real quick, and it was only, you know, a two-lane road. I knew there weren't any turnoffs between here and there, so I, I followed the person f- from behind, like far behind. Not, again, not creepy. She pulls into a church. This is, this lady pulls into a church, right? And I figured, okay. well, that's safe. So I, I pull in and I nonchalantly kind of say, just, Hey, nice car! What what is that? You know, in the parking lot. And she said stop following no, she was, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> she wasn't freaked out or anything. She said that's a mini. You know, and she gave me a little story about it. She she had ten minutes she spared just to talk to me about it. Oh, that's yeah, a nice lady. Really nice, really nice. So, I asked her if it's for sale. This is going somewhere, I promise. Okay. Asked her if it's for sale. <laughs> yeah. She said no, but you know she talked to her husband about it. Give me her name, my name, and phone number. So I did that. Cool. And she actually called me back and said, "Come on over to the house and take a look at it." If you want to, you seem really interested in it. My husband's here. He took me out later that night with, like, later that night, I went over to stop to see the car and he said, I'm taking it out for driving a minute. Do you want to go with me? I'm just going to go pick up a pizza and we can come back. And so I got just ride in this car. They don't know me from anybody else, you know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, you're charismatic. And still at the same time, not for sale, right? So I kind of gave up, you know, that, that dream right there. I was looking for a car and that's what I bought my MG. And then about two, maybe three weeks later, it was less than a month, they called me and said it was for sale. But I already had a project uh, car, so I had my MG, yeah, did not get the Mini. The orange Mini. But uh, the, the very first one I saw was the one I wanted to buy, and I I couldn't get it just because it wasn't for sale at the time when I wanted it. Well,
0: let me ask you this, because that I, I think that's a great story to kind of show what one of the uh, captivating, because this is somewhat of a personal topic for you, like you really oh, yeah. enjoy this. I really do. Let's let's take it past the first mini that you saw, and you want to go back to the first <laughs> Wait, mini to the
1: first mini. Yeah, I do yeah. because um, yeah, really, like uh, these have been around for a long, long time. It's not a it's not a 1990s car by any means, right? right. Um, a lot of people, our listeners, are probably familiar with the the new mini, hmm. and they do call it the new mini, um, and that's a slightly larger car. So you know, if you think the mini is small on the road, uh, the new mini, yeah, the, the, if, the if you think mini the new as mini as is small. small on the road. Take a look at an older Mini compared to them. And I'm sure you can find photos online of one next to the other one. I'm sure people have done this oh, yeah, many sure. times. Uh, but it's, it's, the new one is 23 inches longer than the original Mini. So almost two feet longer. Um, it's 20 inches wider, which is a plus to me. I mean, I yeah. like the, the wider. However, it is uh, 2.8 inches taller also. So, um, I don't know. I like the, I like the shorter stand, you know, shorter, wider stance. But mm-hmm. the, the original had kind of a, it was kind of a tall, thinner car right. um and it, but here's the other thing the new mini is also about a thousand pounds heavier than the original so that gives you an idea of size now that's a lot of that safety and interior components because sure. the original was pretty basic i mean it was uh you know real real simple dashboard um just real basic you know bucket type seats mm-hmm. uh small back seat but no airbags nothing like that no right. uh, even the door panels were really just hollow no crumple zones. There's, no, okay. not at all. Not at all. It was really, really tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, a good solid car, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do, which was uh, be an economy car that was fun to drive. Now, we've got we've to gotta
0: say here, at this point, astute listeners have picked up on the fact that we are talking about two slightly different cars, mm-hmm. one of which you can think of as I'm sorry, man. I just watched the Batman movie again. Yeah. I watch it way too often. <laughs> and so I've been using the phrase gritty reboot. No. Just, uh, inappropriately. So I was about to call the new mini a gritty reboot. It is not. <laughs> okay. Got it. It's not. But, um, but the first mini, um, one of, one of the great things about that vehicle is its ability to be a car in a place like London where otherwise it's just, it's, I'm telling you, man, you would have a hard time with your car, and God only knows what I would do with the Monte Carlo trying to get around London. Oh,
1: sure, yeah, it's got to be. Uh, it's it's a city car. It's for um, you know tightly congested you know congested areas that you need you need to be able to find just a, the tiniest little spot to squeeze into to park. Um, and be able just to maneuver in the traffic if you mm-hmm. need to um, but most of all it was it was formed as a, an economical solution to uh, the cars that were out there at the time that you know they weren't necessarily gas hogs or anything but they were mm-hmm. they were bigger cars um certainly of course and they were they were uh, it was a response to an oil crisis um in the 1950s i believe it was 1956 uh the suez crisis ah, and yes. um so the the, uh, the founder whose name was uh, alec uh, here we go here we go Isignatus.
0: Do, do you want me to try it? Yeah, sure. I I don't have it written down. It's I S
1: S I G O N I S. So give it a shot, Ben. Isignatus. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, very good. Okay, well, I'm gonna f- from this point forward refer to him as Alec. 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 Sir Alec. Okay. Oh, we got that. Uh, <laughs> that's he, yeah, yeah. Apparently so. Nice. Um, but he wanted to create this affordable car that was. Um, I don't know, it also had to be fun to drive. Okay, and at first, first it was just affordable. Right. First it was just a, a real economical solution, and I think he drew it on, you know, this is the classic tale, he drew it on a napkin. Oh, cool. And there's some of the original drawings around that, you know, the, the, it's really one of those stories. How to, how to kind of wrap a car around a new way, a new, new drivetrain, really, because, mm-hmm. um, I believe, hang on one second, I think this is one of those cars that was, uh, now of course it was, it was produced by British Motor Corporation. It's uh, it's the first front wheel drive car, and it's got this this lateral engine layout that uh, that allows it to be a front wheel drive car.
0: Well, let me let me ask you there. the first front wheel drive car produced by the
1: BMC, or the first front wheel drive car ever? Ben, ever. I believe the first front wheel drive car ever because it was this is we're talking the 1950s. Remember. Uh, remember this thing? This debuted in 1959. Um So you're talking about, I'm sorry, 1961. I think there was a show car in 59. Okay. But they're thinking about this all the way back in 1956. And if you recall what cars were like back then, they're mostly rear-wheel drive. Yeah. Engine was the opposite way. You know, it was running towards the back mm-hmm. of the car. Um This is the first one to turn it sideways. And c- you can see what it does. I mean, look at the hood of, a, of an original Mini. Look how small that hood is. You, you would wonder where the motor went. That's a good point. Um, it's really, really tiny. You're right at the front of the car in this thing, mm-hmm. and it's not behind you. It's it's still in front of you. It's a really small, small package.
0: Now, was this front wheel drive? Uh, this this whole drivetrain, which was pretty revolutionary at the time, I think mm-hmm. it's safe to say, uh, was this also and part of the efficiency mission?
1: Um. Yes. It, well. Yeah. It was actually because um. You know. The the less moving parts. The I mean. I guess it's a shorter distance to the wheels. Really. Okay. Um. So it had something to do with that. But I think it really came down to size and weight and economy. Mm-hmm. Because you know again they're trying to just be frugal about it at this point. So I think it was just a uh. You know. The the, the means justified the end. Is that right? Means justified the end. And justify the, main the means. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. That's the yeah, way. because they're trying to get something that's just as efficient as possible. You know, man, screw that stuff up. No, all the time. I think I think you're giving yourself a hard time. <laughs> so you know, th- what's funny about this is though, it wasn't very long before a guy named John Cooper gets into the mix here, and John Cooper, who's, whose name you'll still hear on. Mm-hmm. Versions of the many. Yeah. Um, the Cooper S or something like that. Sure. That's the, uh, that's the latest version. We'll get into that in a moment. But, um, John Cooper was a friend of Sir Alec. Okay. And John Cooper actually owned his own car company, the Cooper Car Company, who mm-hmm. was making Formula One cars at the time. He also made rally cars. And, uh, you know, I've seen a few Cooper cars and they're beautiful cars. They're a lot like the, uh, just exactly what you'd expect the Formula One cars to look like at the time. You know, the rear engine, uh, yeah. very small, like almost like a tube body mm-hmm. uh real beautiful. smooth real smooth just With that flat exactly that's the, that's the formula one cars and then he had rally cars also that were also gorgeous uh just you know quintessentially british sports cars you know they're, they're beautiful
0: oh, um, man, um british sports cars alone oh yeah that's a different episode uh, yeah i agree <laughs> i agree i love it sorry,
1: sorry. so he went to british motor corporation mm-hmm. and said i want to uh I want to uh, propose, like, a a competition version of this vehicle, something that I can compete in. Mm -hmm. Because uh, here's this lightweight format, kind of really, you know, like you said, it was uh, revolutionary. And what he wanted to do is create a what he calls a a quick, crisp handling type car. So um, you can imagine that that means, you know, tighter everything, Mm -hmm. uh, suspension really buttoned down, everything is, you know, wheels a little bit wider, the engine beefed up just a little bit. And what yeah. that means for the engine is that, you know, what was originally, it's an 848cc engine, by the way, so it's a really small engine in this mm-hmm. original Mini. Yeah. Um, he increased the the um, displacement of the engine up to 997, which is almost a, almost a liter. So you're still talking under a liter engine in this little tiny car. Uh, but it did have a longer stroke, which increased the horsepower, get this, Ben, from the original, which had 34 horsepower. Okay, to what? To 55 Scalding horsepower. Scalding? Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, 55, Somebody get the fire
0: hoses ready. Yeah,
1: it's uh you no know, fifty five but I'll tell you fifty five horsepower in a tiny little car like this with, with, bare, with, with no handling, weight. yeah n- no weight, and then of course you're talking about a competition version which is even hollowed out even more, you know. It's yeah. uh all the lightweight glass and everything that they use. That was more than enough. Um at the time. You know, mm-hmm. now of course someone would cram four hundred horsepower and something like that. But um at the time you just couldn't do that with that size engine. And, um, so it was really revolutionary what, what John Cooper did. And to this day, his name lives on in, in the, in the modern Mini, in Mm -hmm. the new Mini. Uh, Mm -hmm. you can still get a John, John Cooper Works edition of, you know, the, the Clubman or whatever vehicle you want to get. Um.
0: Okay, wait, wait, Scott, I forgot. What's that? Uh, our listeners are going to kill us. James is going to be kind of steamed with us if we don't talk about the racing.
1: Oh, yes. How could, how could we forget the racing? How could we? uh, Yeah. uh, So, Anybody's a fan of the Mini prob- the original Mini probably knows um you know the racing history of the Mini but we'll just briefly touch on it here but believe it or not <laughs> you wouldn't expect it you know just looking at this car mm-hmm. at this car right now but it won the Monte Carlo Rally several years in a row a outright f- won
0: a fact which surprised me yeah. the, the first win I think surprised me the
1: first one why was the first one because I just didn't expect it to Well happen, and frankly. that soon that yeah. soon, because I'm um, you're talking about a car that, you know, we're talking 1959 as the mm-hmm. debut of the vehicle itself. Yeah. It uh, didn't really get into the racing kind of, uh, you know, version of itself mm-hmm. until the early 60s. And here it is in 1964. It takes a win in Monte Carlo. And then again in 1965. And then again in 1967. And I'll tell you, in between there, in 1966, there was another win. But it was disqualified they uh, they took away the victory. So in fact, it was a 1 2 3 win and they took it away. It was like it, a triple crown? Yeah, here's the weird thing. I'm just kind of reading from some notes here that I found. Um it was disqualified uh due to a headlight circuit issue uh which they called cheating, but it wasn't. It was some type of uh I I I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was some type of circuit on the headlights that they mm-hmm. said was cheating. Now, they were disqualified and they gave it to Citroen um who took the victory but they also <laughs> turns out that they also cheated uh, because they used a white headlight which at the time wasn't allowed and there, there's all kinds of lighting issues yeah that you had I mean it's really really strict the the this racing series and I guess at the end you know once they declare the winner mm-hmm. um, there's still it's up for review it's still um, you know on contingency I guess that you know you pass inspection and these just didn't pass inspection with the headlight circuit. Can you
0: imagine, man? Can you imagine winning a race? I mean, winning and mm-hmm. then being uh, disqualified.
1: Yeah, I mean, a, a rally as big as Monte Carlo, also because that one still lives in infamy. Is you know that's the yeah. the race, to yeah. Win, know, as far as rally. So, anyways, at night, yeah. I mean, 64, 65 mm-hmm. Will asterisk sixty-six, yeah, and yeah. then sixty-seven. Uh, so it was, a, it was a major player, and then there was a uh, a movie, um, the Italian Job, which a lot of people probably would mm-hmm. be. Angry if I didn't mention in various incarnations. Ex- well, there were two of it, yeah. two of them, yeah. Because um, and now this is coming off of the uh, you know the the motorsports wins here, but 1969 was the original, and that starred three original minis, of course, red, white, and blue, and then back in 2003. Uh, was a second version of the uh, the a remake of the Italian Job? Of course, oh, modernized. Oh, a,
0: a gritty reboot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm right. sorry, gritty reboot. I, I sure. promise it's less. No,
1: stuff. no, and that was good. I, I I have never seen the complete 1969 version of the Italian Job, but I've seen uh, the 2003 version. Well done, mm-hmm. and uh, it's exciting, fun to watch. And at the time, you got to remember that these new these minis. Now this is two thousand three when this movie came out, remember? And this is ahead of the uh the mini hype, I guess. You know, this is like when yeah. they're coming back out because they in two thousand six is when Mini was reborn. And they they say that it was uh kind of a BMW mini um, I guess a, a joint ownership, a partnership of some yeah, kind, yeah. and honestly, Ben, those years between 2000 and 2006, things get ugly. Uh, the mud, Messy. you know, the waters are muddy. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, as far as who owns what and and mm-hmm. you know where everything should be, as far as who owns stock and who, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, that was when the new many came around, and that's the uh, the larger version that we're talking about. And if you want to, we can just briefly talk about a few of the. Let's do it the man. The new types of minis. Let's
0: talk about the Oh wait, wait, before we do, before we get too into the new types of mini, um, let's go ahead and answer the question some people will ask, well, why did it why did it kind of fade away in 2000 mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of there's a lot of switching back and forth of, of brands and who owns what. Yeah. Um which you have compared earlier off the air, which I thought was well, awesome. The comparison to U.S. car
1: companies. Well, take take a look at uh, British Motor Corporation. Take mm-hmm. a look at their history, and you'll find out what happened to them in 2000. But uh, like I said, it just becomes a, a little sticky situation. So sure. so read up on it if you really want to find out what happened to many in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, BMC is the uh, is the the uh, acronym yeah. for them, British Motor Corporation. The information's but, out there.
0: Let's let's talk about because I I love how. I think this story, this part of the story, uh, 2006 going forward, really shows that you just can't keep a good idea down. That's right. You yeah. can't keep a good design down. Uh, you know, um it, it, we passed a point recently in human history where more people live in cities now than live in rural environments. You're making me do it. In rural environments. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I wouldn't even repeat it. <laughs> How the tide has turned. Yeah. But the, uh, but so there's an unquestionable appeal now for vehicles like the Mini, even more so, I would argue, than there was in the 50s. In
1: England. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, look at the, look at the cars that Americans were driving in the 50s and the 60s yeah. and yeah. the 70s. Sure. And even the early 80s. So um it was you know way ahead of way ahead of the time that you know they were they were running these mini vehicles over in Europe um they had kind of a i guess a, a glimpse of the future you know and that right. uh, they were trying to conserve and and uh, um cut back on the size and the weight mm-hmm. and the you know they'd always been smaller of course um but you know at, at this point it really became accentuated it became a caricature of of a small car at this point and yeah. which is really kind of cool i mean i i like it a lot and, it, and you know even now you'll find a lot of Smaller vehicles over there. I think probably more. Yes, um, on average. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won't find that many great big American cars still cruising around, or even, you know, big, uh, you know, luxury touring type cars. Right. Not as many. Not not as many not Hummers. Nearly as many. You're correct. Not <laughs> as many. But you'll still find them. But sure. not, not as many. Um, so now I guess we get into the new Mini at this yes. point. Yes. And. and- Really, I just want to quickly run through this because you're talking about different horsepower ratings and, and different models and the prices. Because you know these were pretty affordable when they came when they originated. I mean, right. like You know, in the that three, was part of the point three thousand dollar range for brand new or twenty, you know, two thousand dollar <laughs> <laughs> range for brand new or something like that. I don't remember yes. the exact number, but it was low. Um, now, if you go all the way up to the top end mini, um, it's around thirty-two thousand dollars. And and it's two feet longer. That's I'm just. Gonna
0: <laughs> 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 that's right. I mean, how many yeah. is the mini?
1: Well, it's uh for me, Ben. Yeah, it's kind of big. It's it's kind of big. big to be called a mini. I, I like them. Um, I like the cars smaller than this. Yeah, I like uh, I like the tiny tiniest little cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh it, it, that's. Of okay, but
0: that's at the top end anyway, to be fair.
1: Yeah, to be fair. Now, you can get one that runs all the way down to about 20000 and that's the mini hardtop, which is just the base, you know, new model mini, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then there's the S that you can get. Now, these have 121 horsepower for the base, which is, you know, right around the $20,000 mark. You can get the S, which has 181 horsepower, which is $24,000. Mm-hmm. And these are just based on, you know, recent numbers that I found. Right. Um, convertibles. <laughs> I never understood this. You get less car, right? It's you convertible. Pay, you pay more. You pay more.
0: Yeah, and you have more moving parts, so it's more likely to break. True. <laughs> I just,
1: but the, you know, but true. I guess I don't know. I'm not a convertible guy, really. Not a convertible. No, guy. I'm not. I mean, maybe in the older, of course, oldest, older British sports cars, yeah. But um, even like the Mini, the original Mini, mm-hmm. I prefer the look and the lines of the original versus the uh, the convertible look.
0: I think I'd be okay with a convertible on a a larger. Vehicle just on a, on a mini, I get I get it. It's yeah. stylish, mm-hmm. not so much for me. I mean, neither yeah. of us are saying that it's bad.
1: No, no, I'm saying like you look at like a, uh, a Triumph Spitfire or something like that. For example, you yeah. would you would probably want a uh, well, you'd want a convertible or a mm-hmm. removable hardtop or something sure. like that. Same thing with that MG that I had. I mean, I I can't imagine driving that thing with the top up. I did it a couple times in the rain. It felt weird. It felt very strange. Yeah, it was very <laughs> very tight. You know yeah. I'm not I'm not huge or anything other than wide <laughs> so anyways um, there's also the Clubman version, which is a kind of a, a retro looking vehicle this is the one that has kind of longer back end almost like a uh, like a panel wagon type thing only it has windows mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 118 horsepower or again 181 for the s clubbin but you're talking about 21 to about twenty five and a half thousand dollars so it's it's expensive wow. but now here's where we get into the uh, the interesting ones all right in my opinion, okay. Here's where the name comes back: John Cooper Works edition, two hundred and eight horsepower. That's uh, and that's there across all go. three of these, uh, twenty nine eight. You can get the John Works convertible, also 20, 208 horsepower, thirty five. Oh, I'm sorry, thirty five thousand dollars. That's the top end. Wow, I was mistaken. I that's forgot the converti- that the uh, let me that's circle the that convertible two hundred eighty horsepower exactly. And then there's the club inversion, which is thirty two thousand dollars, which I thought was the most expensive, but mm-hmm. forgot to look up one line.
0: So from $3,000 and a little bit less than 60 let's horsepower. Call it, let's call it closer to four. Okay. So from $4,000 and a little bit less than 60 horsepower to- No, no, no. A, I'm talking the original.
1: No. Yeah, the original, you're talking 30, oh,
0: 34 horsepower. You're right. You're right. Because they, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm missing you're thinking that John works. So we take it all the way back. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. I'm going to get it right. So from, we're, we're talking like- a little bit under four thousand mm-hmm. dollars, under forty horsepower. Yep, to over thirty-five grand. Yeah, almost three hundred
1: horsepower. Yep, yep. And you're talking no, um, two hundred and eight horsepower
0: so just over, yeah, just over
1: 200 horsepower but still again you're talking about this little tiny car and this uh you know clearly it's a it's a vehicle that's set up for performance it's not mm-hmm. uh it's a good cornering car it's a good uh, accelerating car it's a good stopping car of course because it's lightweight uh, it's got big brakes um i don't know it's a blast to drive from what i hear i've never yeah. been in a john cooper works edition mini cooper s Clubman, whatever. I don't you know. know man. The, Christmas can, <laughs> is coming up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I mean, I've been in the original, uh, the uh, the new Mini when it came out. You know, the 2006. I had a friend that had to buy one, had to be the first. <laughs> you know, which was kind of cool. You know, because you didn't see them around ever mm-hmm. at this point. So it was you know a novelty. But now we see them everywhere.
0: Yeah, now they're rather. I I don't know where all our listeners are, but now they're rather commonplace. I mean, it's been it's been actually a very successful uh design when yeah you think a about rebirth it. if you
1: really want to call mm-hmm. it that because yeah. um i mean to bring back these retro cars like they're doing with the you know the mustang and of course the uh the challenger and then mm-hmm. there's the the four um i'm sorry the uh, camaro um you know the retro look is in and, and many you know they were well ahead of the curve on this they did it you know early in mm-hmm. 2000 and uh i think it's been very successful for them I, and you can't deny that it has been i mean you see them everywhere on the road now, sure least yeah. we do and i'm
0: gonna go i'm gonna i'm with you on that one but Scott, my friend, I am going to go a step further and I'm going to say that I think the Mini will probably be increasingly successful. And if not the Mini itself, then other, other vehicles of that kind of design. Now, one thing that is different, I think what's, what's sort of unique about the Mini is that you, you kind of, if you're a concerned, you know, city dweller or something, you kind of get your cake efficiency-wise, but mm-hmm. you get to eat it, too, performance-wise. Yeah, that's right. And I think that is probably one of the the primary factors, like being able to factor in both of those goals that can be contradictory at times yeah. and somehow make it work. It's sort of
1: – I guess I could see someone saying it's like sort of a compromise to buy something like this, but then again, it's awful fun. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. Now, You know what? One, one quick thing before we wrap up here. I mean, this yeah. thing is, one, the pre-1980s cars have won – a lot of different awards. Um you know it's pretty iconic I guess because it's it sold 4 or 5.3 million of these mm-hmm. things between um I, I believe it was between 1959 and 2000. Mm-hmm. Um it was voted car of the century by Auto Car magazine. Um it was also the number one classic car of all time as far as a far as, uh, Classic and Sports Car magazine uh called it in 1996. Um and European Car of the Century. So you're, that's a big deal. European car of the century. I mean, that's a huge deal. And get this. Global car of the century. Wow. Not the winner. Oh. Guess what was number one? Was? This Mini was number two. Okay. Guess what was number one? Global car of the century. Global car of the century. Don't toy with me, Ben. If you know the answer, shout it out. I don't know the answer. Model T.
0: Okay, fair. And okay. Yeah, I was, I actually was going to say that, but I was being a smart aleck. <laughs> I kind of thought so. You're shifty over there. Your I was shifty. shifty. I'm yeah. a shifty guy. Yeah. So All right. James has actually written a, uh, set off a great uh, podcast us. I hope you enjoy it. James from uh Bristol.
1: Yeah, and I wish I could give you more detail about, you know, the specific many I mean, we we probably could get into just one model of this thing and just right. go off on the whole thing about um we could do a multi-part series about we could. um the racing versions of this. Um people people mm. autocross this car, they solo this car. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's a f- real popular pick for people for like a weekend toy car. Yeah. Um it's there's there's a lot of ang- Of course, you know, there's club events. Um, just a number of different angles we could take with the Mini, but uh, this is just kind of a general history of the Mini and uh, what it's all about. And just to show you guys that we, uh, how much we like the Listener
0: Mail, we're going to go ahead and knock out another one. Oh, why not? Okay, Scott. So, uh, let me just read part of this for you. All right. Uh, this is in response to our radar podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Hey, I'm a fan and listen when I have time while working, rather than the radio. Let's just say I'm an officer, finger quotes, somewhere in Maine. Uh-oh. You can call me Officer Ryan. Don't worry, we're not busted. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he says I'm working overnight and listening, wanted to add some uh, some two cents to our thing about radar guns, okay, and speed and speeding lasers. Um. Now he actually quotes a statute here, and I'm I'm not going to read all of it, but basically. The gist of the statute is don't speed. Um, and they, uh, they, he talks about how they use, uh, the lasers to detect things in Maine. And they actually have several different types of detection that you can use legally. So there's radar, there's, uh, electronic devices that use later, excuse me, laser. I don't know what later is. Radio microwaves or, or other things like that. And then there's um, this is a funny way it's phrased uh, a device that measures in any sequence a selected distance traversed by a motor vehicle operated by the law enforcement officer and the time required by another motor vehicle to traverse the same distance.
1: I'm sorry, what did you say? Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know what I mean? I was like they said,
0: they set a point A and a point B. Oh, and got, it, got it. Okay. And then um, he says. Uh, Officer Ryan says this means that the radar reading must be accepted by the judge basically unless the defendant can show that it was not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. So this means, uh, to all our, to all our, uh, speeding activists out there, right? Yeah. Uh, the burden of proof shifts from the law enforcement to the
1: defendant. Oh, yeah. And good luck proving that the, uh, that the device doesn't work or that it's somehow faulty, right?
0: Yeah. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take a wild guess, Scott. I'm going to say they probably check them before they use them. I would think so. Yeah. I, I bet you so. that they're calibrated regularly.
1: Right. Wouldn't you think? I would, I would think. I, I would, would think, think, think so. Yeah. And, but the thing is, you know, like you said, burden of proof is on the defendant. Yeah. Now. <laughs> How are you supposed to go into court a month later, two months later, whatever it is, and say that, you know, I think on that night that uh, there was something wrong here and I'm going to prove it?
0: You know, I, I, I mean, what, it's, it's a tall order. It's it, a tall it really order, is, yeah. but there there are people who have done it, but, uh, you it, know.
1: Well, you know, you and I said in that podcast, it's pretty, didn't we say that it was pretty difficult to fight a speeding ticket? I mean, it, it, it's,
0: it's, it's pretty difficult.
1: I, I would, I would say that not many people really get out of it. I think a lot of people, you know, plea bargain it down to the point where, you know, they sure. get no points, but I'm going to pay the fine mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe a reduced points and fine yeah. or something like that. But, um, I think just to outright get out of it and say, you know, you're not guilty of speeding. I don't think that happens very often.
0: I think there are a, um, <clears throat> I think there are very few people who are framed for speeding. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just to be just to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh but let's let's go ahead and uh we'll move from that and I think the best thing we can say is just to reiterate the advice we given in the earlier Radar podcast which was the number one most successful way to never ever get a speeding ticket in your life is don't speak. There we go. Yep. So you can find us on Facebook at car stuff. You can find us on Twitter at carstuffhsw. Scott runs an awesome blog on our website. And while you're there if you have any questions about automotive topics, you can just uh, type something into our our super What do they call it? Super duper, I
1: think.
0: Super duper. Sure. Super duper uh, search bar. And then on the off chance that somehow you don't find what you're looking for, please write an email to us directly. We'll get back to you. It might take us a second, but we'll do our best. Our email address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. The howstuffworks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more, all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.